0: Hey everybody! Happy Hello. Friday! Yeah, welcome. Yeah, happy to um, wrap up the week and get ready for our journey to um, Vegas. Yeah, in a couple of days. It's time. And That's next week. Yeah, we'll get, we're getting uh, we're we were chatting quite a bit about it this morning. It's like, okay, so what are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. You, wanna, you know, besides seeing everybody and, and reconnecting with everybody, it's like, all right
1: there's stuff there's, there's stuff. stuff to plan out
0: well i mean it's my birthday on monday so we mm-hmm. were like let's go do a show let's go you know do a couple of fun things so mm-hmm. um looking forward to that we're going to be driving out there on um on sunday so that we can have the whole day there on monday hi Good george morning, george um
1: Saw your text message this morning, George. Let's get together. So yeah. To
0: together. <laughs> um, uh, besides NIEDA, we do have the live event that is happening on August first coming up, which is on deal structure, and um, it's going to be a all day thing. And so, if you are interested in participating, it's gonna it's really gonna be um, a lot of meat. Um, a lot well, of meat.
1: I talked to somebody yesterday who's prepared to contribute. Thousands of uh, contracts and the history, so mm-hmm. you know we, we, we I'll be knocking on the doors of all the people who are the data mm-hmm. holders in the industry and uh, yep
0: yep. Yeah, but we are, so we have two um, two people that are coming forward with data, and so it will be thousands of points of data to take a well, look at say what works. Two.
1: I'm still knocking on doors, so I'm going to. Okay, more yeah, well, yeah. Well, so have, far, we'll have um, quite a few. We'll have quite talks. a few. So
0: you know, the more the more the stronger the. And you can't lie, numbers don't lie. Yeah. Um, so with what works and all of that. So um yeah, uh you can find that uh the link to be able to register for on bhphnationtv.com. Right. Um, we're also it's it will send you to a link to Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. And um whoever it is that registers for this as a live the live event will also get all of the recordings. Mm-hmm. So um Uh, after the event is over that you'll have access to those that's part of your your um your ticket so all righty um today's topic
1: today's topic is a a tricky one um and it's Uh something that um I, i can nerd out on this kind of stuff obviously when we see some of the conversations out there on social media and this is the kind of conversation that i've been involved in since I first got in the buy here, business. And you'll hear people talk about this kind of thing in different mm-hmm. ways. I find it so interesting that there's so many differing views mm-hmm. on the subject. So the topic really is when does it make sense to trade a customer? You know, if they still are carrying a balance with you, the car is still in good condition. When does it make financial sense to trade? And so I've listed, I'm now up to six reasons to consider trading a customer early, whatever mm-hmm. our definition of early is. Today, we're going to talk about the 30-month mark, trading a customer 30 okay. months in. And there's and, a reason I picked that number, but we can yeah, get into that.
0: Most dealers, what we're finding, it's um, the 36 months is what it used to be. Yeah. All the t- you know, for everybody, yeah. it was 36 months. Now it's more like 42 plus. For most people, I mean, there are some that, that we um, we meet with that have held to the thirty six, sometimes even less. Yeah, um, I've seen but shorter for the recently, most part.
1: But yeah, it's it's if we talk yeah. about what I just call it mainstream. If you talk mm-hmm. about the typical buy here, pay here dealer that we see out mm-hmm. there, that's kind of representative of the main body of buy here, pay here. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we talk about as mainstream. And I feel like the numbers I've got loaded up today, yeah, are kind of in that realm. Mm -hmm. and so again today we're just doing math and so I think often people debate these kind of things and I just think you know some of this is about business model but it's really like almost irrespective of your business model the the math is the math so it's like amen what's the why what are why all the debate
0: well and it's you know we talk frequently about straight lines and squiggly lines straight lines are the I mean, it's, it's measurable. They are just, it's there a lot of times there, if all of the, if all of the pieces are the same, it doesn't lie. It just, it will tell you the thing, the intangibles about whether or not you have the, the infrastructure to be able to do that. If you, you know, if it's like, I don't have the kind of relationship with my customers, the there's, uh, there's, a lot of other pieces um, and, and also your deal structure. I yeah. mean, our, you know, how you, how you set up. Um, yeah. yeah your deal so let look at the
1: numbers and I can take okay. folks inside what we've done. So this is part of kind of a broader study um, so that folks can see, and, and maybe just let me back up and help folks understand kind of what the layout is. Initially I set out to do this as a study of you probably can't see the screen very well on the bottom. In fact, let me just kind of quickly make sure I hide some of this stuff and get in full screen mode. And maybe we can make it a little
0: bigger
1: <laughs> so that people can see the yeah. number. So give me just one second, it'll be worth it to get um, a little bit better zoom in here. Let's try 150. percent
0: Okay, all right, yeah, much uh, better. Okay. okay,
1: so now. What you've got here is I actually just used, in order to avoid, you know, any question about calculations, I went out and just grabbed a loan calculator online. And, you know, when you use those, it doesn't matter what the selling price is, you're just going on the finance amount. So what I've done is I've chosen $15,000. And I've chosen four different interest rates, not for this model today, I picked one, but in my larger study, I'm comparing four different interest rates on a amortization of $15,000 and a payment of, I think I chose 450 a month. So I made it come out to 450 a month. Mm -hmm. So just say, you know, if a customer has got, whatever the down payment is, the loan amount is 15,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so now that payment is 450. So I picked for our um, analysis here today, I picked the one that is 22%. You see that right there. And now I've got a summary over here of what the amortization looks like. So I took this amortization of 22% um, and it um, amortizes over, uh, let's see, it it runs out to 51 months before the final payment at that 22% interest, 450 a month. So now we just, like I say, that's the part that's just math. We can't debate that, you know, you can choose a different calculator. It should produce the same amortization on this. So that part is really not up for debate now it's a question of how does it look when we trade this customer? Oh, do I need to expand this one too? It didn't follow? Mm-mm. Let's see. I thought I could do that. My apologies. Here we go. All right. So now in this summary page, you've got a breakdown of, of all these different numbers. And now when we get to the trade numbers, again, this is the one I picked that was 22%. And we'll come back another time and talk about how those amortizations compare the different interest rates for today. I picked the 22% um, and I have 30 days to first payment. The term comes out to be um, 4.3 years or what did we say? 50 something months, but we're just looking at, okay, if that amortizes in that way, then obviously, as the customer begins to make payments, then the principal balance goes down, principal balance goes down to payment number two. And then I've hidden a big big block over here to, to be able to show it all on one screen. I've hidden the payments of four, payment number four through payment number 26. And so it jumps right to 27. But let me take you through these other numbers. You've got a selling price of 15000 To make things a little simpler, I just made the down payment the same as the add-ons so that in this example, the amount financed is the same as the selling price, okay? So you with me so far? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the, um, I'm just trying to make sure I I explain everything. This has a total cost of $8,500, which gives us a gross profit of 6,500. And now we just finance that, okay? There's a doc fee in there of 200 is what I chose. We can include that in the math. So now I walked out here to 30 months and let's say, let's start doing the math on what it looks like to trade. Oh, I got some other numbers to share quickly because some of the conversation, let me just pause for a minute. Some of the conversation that was spurred when when we first put up a poll back in February.
0: It created a lot of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. some really interesting Mm -hmm.
1: and kind of, of, uh, I don't know, people were energized. Like it was a pretty charged conversation around this topic. And it just is indicative of how people can view this thing so differently. And I think for me, it's like, um, I think we have to look at the math first. And that's part of why I'm bringing this today is like, you know, that we can't can't hide from the math. And now we can look at the other things besides the math. Mm -hmm. But it's like, let me kind of walk through a quick example before we dive deep into these numbers. One of the things that happens in our industry, and I I don't have a good way currently, I look forward to bringing this topic back to the morning show one day. But one of the things I've seen in the industry has been, and I'll just pick some numbers to, you know, a dealer says I bought a car for $5,000. I got a thousand dollar down payment. So uh-huh. I own the car for 4,000 customer made one um, $500 payment and then we repossessed. So now after a $500 payment, I own the car for $3,500. And now I finance it again and I get thousand dollars down. So now I own it for $2,500. And I just think that is nonsense. Like that's just not a, that's a not accurate business. Okay. It's like, that's not really representative of while it's interesting to think about, it's not true that you own the car for $2,500. So it's like my approach generally would be you own the car for whatever its value is at that time, irrespective of how many payments you have received on the car and all that kind of stuff. I, I understand why people might like to look at it, but I think from a pure business standpoint, it's not, relevant. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it kind of ties into this conversation here today because it's, it's kind of the thing about you, you know, you're, that makes you ignore all these other costs and all these other factors that go into producing a sale. And that's sort of like, if you're saying you own the car for $2,500, it's a little like saying, okay, I'm going to sell a car twice, but I'm only going to profit once, you know, that's not good business. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're, you're ignoring all the cost of producing a you know, producing a lead, producing a sale, uh, all your overhead along the way. I mean, there's just a lot of other factors that go into that, but we'll analyze that more deeply in the future. I just think it's it's important to kind of think about that mentality as we step into these numbers. Now let's jump back to this scenario at 30 months. We're saying the balance after the 30th payment is $8,000 principal, eighty seventy seven.
0: So it's just a little over half of what the original, the original financed amount financed is. amount
1: was. So now mm-hmm. what I left in here as an assumption that we could put in is, let's say the customer trades now. After that, making that 30th payment, we trade them in. So you can pick this number on the ACV that we put in here. And, and so you could tell me, if we were working through this for you, you could tell me whatever you feel like the ACV would be Thirty months after the customer financed this car that you originally owned for eighty five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. I think the other reason I wanted to bring this conversation to the, to the forefront is because the car that we purchased thirty months ago was when let's see, two years ago was the middle of twenty twenty one. So we're talking about early twenty twenty one was thirty months ago. So this is the reason I think it's important for us to think about this in this industry is because. What happened in 2021, car prices skyrocketed. A lot of dealers tried to maintain their markup, so prices went up sharply, right? So that means contract length went up or the payment went up or some combination. Mm -hmm. Same car we were buying before, same car with X number of miles, X model years old, same car. So now my concern is as the market flattens on used car prices, what is the position of this customer at 30 months in they owe $8,000, but what's the real value today of the car that you would trade in from them? Mm -hmm. So that's what we have to look at. And I think the other piece that I, and we'll get to a list that I prepared of six items that I think are not financial that we want to consider. And one of the things here for me is this gives us an opportunity to look proactively at how to, resolve some of this negative equity that's in most dealers portfolios right now we've got dealers who are or customers who are sitting on a contract where they owe a lot more because of the pricing that we had in 2021 and now we have to ask okay what's what's that how do we resolve that because this is where you remember i was putting videos out a couple years ago saying we're, we're in a Tricky place. We're, we're putting a lot of mm-hmm. false profit on our portfolios, and we need to be prepared. We need to have a strategy for dealing with that. So, mm-hmm. so again, you can pick the number. You tell me what this car is worth that you bought thirty months ago for eighty five hundred dollars. What's it worth? Maybe, maybe we, let's change it. Let's make it five thousand dollars. That you tell me that that's what that car is worth. So, if that's true, then when we trade it in, here's the interest that we've earned from that customer across thirty months. All right. So can you see that about $6,500 of finance income that we've enjoyed already? Now we have um, this trade income back in at $5,000. So let's look at what the trade looks like. Here's our payoff. If we trade that customer in now, eight eighty seventy seven. I use a trade allowance of $80,77 internally. I'm writing off the balance that the customer owes and I'm bringing in that $5,000 car. So my, Can I ask a quick question about course, that? Are yep. there
0: tax implications on that?
1: Yeah, the yeah, other are, you're saying profit income.
0: Well, it's like if you're if you're um, if you're writing off a certain amount of that car, um, are you is that a, a tax? Yes, savings? it reduces the. Mm-hmm. It does,
1: and so I've allowed for that, and that you've got that write off that you you do charge off or write off. There's at least three different ways to handle this. It'd be an internal payoff. You would could write it off. Or you could charge it off, or at least three ways I can think of that you could resolve this balance right. that the customer owes after they're gone, okay, okay.
0: Or, or after they're out of this car. <laughs> yeah, or
1: in okay. the transaction, you know, most software will allow you to address that and do the accounting in the transaction as you trade it in. But your bottom line is you're trading mm-hmm. the car in, and I'm saying we're we're allowing the customer eighty-seven the, the full payoff. They're mm-hmm. not going to owe us anything on that negative equity. And now, so we we move past the trade figures and we say, okay, what's the impact to us on cash flow? Well, if we go and replace the car that they bought. Oh, by the way, I need to explain something else. For the sake of this illustration, to keep things simple, I'm operating on the idea that the customer trades into another car that is similar to the one they bought two and a half years ago. So what that means is they're buying it's just a car. Newer. It's, it's newer. Mm-hmm. It's it, newer. In, in terms of the car that they currently own, it's newer. It's a couple years newer it's, you know, got the same kind of
0: like sedan, four doors, you know, probably
1: roughly 40,000 miles lower, okay you know, than the car they're currently driving. Because, you know, if it's the same car, let's Mm -hmm. say our business model stayed the same. So, we're still pricing our cars at $15,000. So, the customer just Mm -hmm. steps into another car that's very similar, same payment. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, right now, I'm operating as though we Get no down payment. Let's look at that first. We get zero down payment from the customer in this scenario. What's the impact? Okay. So you got, again, from a cash flow standpoint, we're going to go negative replacing the car that they bought. We're going to have to go spend another 8,500 to fill that hole on the front line. We're going to liquidate the trade. Okay. So, so I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I'm just saying the car has a value that is its value. So whatever that trade in is, That's, that's its real market value. So regardless of whether you liquidated at auction or keep it and finance it again, that's the cash impact to your business. As you acquired a car that had a value of $5,000. So I'm treating that as cash impact down payment on the new sale. Again, I've got a zero. We've got the cost of funding the TTNL. So you've got in this case, 1025, because of that 1225, I'm showing 200 as a dock we went out to fund that. So now. Our internal trade payoff, internal cash impact, zero. We're we're writing it off. We're not not writing a check. If we do, it's going to us. So the impact of the internal trade is zero. So our negative cash uh, or the net cash impact of that transaction is $4,500 negative cash. So again, just all we've done is replace the car we sold, liquidated potentially the car that they traded in, And we're at $4,500 negative to make that trade today. Okay. Or at least by the close of the month when we replace the car. And now if we look at the impact of the profit and loss, your gross profit from the new sale, because we do have a new sale that's occurring. And with our dock fee factored in there, we've got $6,700 of new profit. We have the write-off of the old account of eight grand. And we don't have any interest earned in the transaction. We, the, the, impact of the acquired trade to the profit and loss is zero. We basically added to our inventory. We sold the car, it reduced our inventory. So the impact of the PL is, is zero. And so now our, our profit then on the transaction by my calculation, and I'm not an accountant, but I had a couple of accountants look at this and they don't find any problems with the math. So it's, you're, you're at, a negative $1,400 of profit. So what that means is, you know, we effectively created a new sale and we experienced no, um, and I, I want a quick thing on this. I recognize that in most states, um, sales tax is calculated on trade difference. So this, I've actually overstated the the sales tax side of this because you you really probably wouldn't have this much sales tax that you would owe because of the trade. Okay. but we did a trade, we got profit on the new sale. And because we wrote off, we're actually showing negative profit as a result of trading a customer into another car, which means we have no income tax impact from that. And look, for, let's keep it simple. Let's say this is all inside a buy, here, pay, your sales operation. Forget the RFC piece. Like this is, the RFC thing is, is done for tax purposes, right? It's like, so we can really almost ignore that for this sake and just look at it as, if it's all happened inside our buy here payer operation. So now let's look to the balance sheet. What happened to our balance sheet? Well, our notes receivable went up from the new sale by 16.2. Okay. And we are our, our trade payoff. Uh, so we wrote off the trade, is the way that I've handled it here. So that's a negative impact to the balance sheet. We that old account balance goes away. The cash account goes down by that $4,500 we showed above and that means that our total impact of the balance sheet was $3,600. We we went up in, in assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, Our assets increased by $3,600 as a result of that trade. Mm-hmm. And now if I look at, if we do not trade this customer, I just picked 12 months. If you look at the next 12 months of income for of interest from this customer, if we don't trade, we're only going to see $1,300 of interest income on that Transaction that amortization that is still running, okay. Mm -hmm. But if we trade, we basically reset the clock, right? We we increase the the note balance again. The customer stays with us, and now our income from that um, that new
0: from the customer
1: mm -hmm, from the customer is now a a little over three thousand, almost thirty one hundred dollars. So again, it's just math. Like we, this is the impact to you as a dealer. If you were to trade that customer in that way, $8,100 account balance, $5,000 mm-hmm. actual cash value. Okay.
0: And so like, this is just for a specific customer, you know, they've traded in the car, they've got a new car. This is for this customer and, or this vehicle. Correct. Okay. So, but this vehicle has more life. Right.
1: It's got lower and miles.
0: S- and so it's got a few more miles, but it, it, it has more life, so are you pl- are you going to talk about how now this vehicle goes back into inventory, and how that affects the, the, um, the trade-in?
1: Uh-huh. No, I didn't look at the the trade I think we can. I, I think the simplest way to think about that is that that five thousand dollars that we brought back in from the trade. Just, mm-hmm. I think the simplest way to think about it, uh, as to so to avoid confusing anybody, is just just imagine you just rent the auction, and sold it for cash. Okay. You know, it's just it's a it's a new transaction irrespective. It's it's not related. So if you to did just send it
0: to the auction, sell it for cash, and then this is the only impact that vehicle has on your portfolio is this right here, which is a positive thirty six hundred dollars compared to, um, yeah. Yeah. Does so, that make sense? Yeah. I think yeah. so.
1: It's like you're, 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 it's different things. And it's, this is a good illustration of how buy here, pay here can be a little tricky because you've got, you can see how different the impact to the cash flow, the PL, and the balance sheet, they're all very different things. And,
0: and, and tax. Yeah. Income tax. Income tax. Yeah. Too. Income tax yeah.
1: is, and, and we could say that that affects cash. Well, in this case, we created a sale without creating profit, you could say. So we didn't, experience any income tax as a result of that transaction you follow that Uh we created a sale and i could also we can talk about a little bit i think before we dive away from this i think that question you have about that other car and the impact of the trade this kind of goes back to that thing we talked about earlier it's like i think if you just in the simplest form imagine that you took this trade and you just liquidated it you it's a let's say you're trading in a, a red sedan, you run it to the auction, you sell it for five grand, you bring back a blue pickup truck. Instead, you take your five grand and you buy a new truck for $7,500 or whatever the number is. It just, it's cash. So I think you can confuse the thing by saying, you know, you got this trade and you're going to do something. It's, it's a different transaction and it's cash to you. Mm-hmm. You could choose to liquidate or not liquidate, but it's still just cash to you. And the, And the cash value is really just whatever the, whatever the market value is. So mm-hmm. when we start to calculate, will I really own the car for this? No, you own the car for whatever its market value is today. You own the car for whatever its market value is today, because if you opt not to sell it, that's what you're foregoing. okay? Mm-hmm. So that's why, it's, so it's it's better to just think it's cash. It's It's just a trade-in, it's just cash, okay? So now let's talk about, I've got some items listed down here that are other, non-financial reasons to look at this. You want to try to increase it? Yeah, if you want it. Okay. To. to. Try to jump it up a little bit more.
0: Um, George in Florida says, if I follow correctly, the dealer would receive approximately double the amount from his consumer if they traded than if they didn't. Um, say that again. Um, George says, so if I follow correctly, the dealer would receive approximately double the amount from this customer if they traded than if they didn't?
1: Uh, when you say double the amount, I think they received double the finance income. So I did. I think I left out that the way I treated this is let's assume just to keep things again, we get too many variables and it gets too confusing. But what I've done here, George, is just take the, the same, it's the same customer. I assume their income is the same. Their qualifications are roughly the same. And I, I look at this thing, as though the the finance income, the payment's going to be the same. I'm keeping their payments same because their income's the same. So all I really did is trade them out into a car that's my same business model. It's going to have the same selling price. My cost will be what my cost is. And and now my income from the customer cash is just the same payments I was collecting already. So it doesn't change that part. My my payments from the customer for the next 12 months are going to be four fifty a month times 12. Mm-hmm. The cash from the customer is still the same. But the profit... Representing that cash from the finance income is different because I've got a larger contract and we've basically reset the account balance. And so I think the things that for us to think about, let me, let me kind of go through this list and let's talk about these things that we, we need to anticipate because there are some intangibles to consider (laughs) use the math in your favor and win. (laughs) So yeah, it's this math, like I say, is that's, that's kind of what the folks on wall street are doing, right? Is they're, they're playing the math Mm -hmm. and the numbers are the numbers, but
0: so, so, and are we moving into the, like the non-tangible? Yeah. These are the non-financial things Uh that you'd consider.
1: So you reduce the chance of customer repairs, you know, car's aging, it's getting higher miles on it. It's starting to have some squeaks and rattles that weren't there when the customer bought the car, whatever. And we, so we assume a newer car with lower miles, as I said, it's the same program. So if the customer steps into the same kind of car they bought before, they're now stepping into a car that's got roughly 40,000 miles less than the one they're driving. Mm -hmm. And it's a couple of model years newer. So they're basically resetting and they're there. We can say that they're reducing the chance of repairs because the car is declining in age. Right. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is the next thing is the length of the relationship is extended with a customer that we know.
0: Well, and, and there's so many pieces to that Mm -hmm. just in itself, because, um, you know, we talk about cost of acquisition of a new customer, Mm -hmm. um, and, this this means you're and that's kind of it's a cost it's a business cost not a not a um it you're saving yourself that cost of acquisition for bringing in a new customer a new yeah yeah I listed that too so yeah
1: that's that's kind of also a related thing and George raised a very good point that I didn't have in there and I'll just add it to my list here but If you don't trade them out, you risk losing them to someone else.
0: Amen.
1: So this is proactively keeping a good customer in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And we can do a whole separate episode. You don't necessarily
0: have to offer all of your your customers this option to trade in if you don't want to. But if
1: they've made it to 30 months, I would say that's a pretty good definition of a good customer. I know Tommy Brandis would agree with me. It's like, you know, if that customer's made it to 30 months, then, you know, we know that. Charge offs usually happen mm-hmm. nine to 12 months. So for yeah. 30 months, we've got a customer who has performed well. If their situation is stable, then yeah, mm-hmm. I think we want to keep that customer with us. And, and there's a, a nice training way to, to help make this easy for the customer. And part of this is, again, we've modeled all this out with no down payment from the customer. So we're currently, we're looking so at like, the what are
0: they course. out? Right. They're, yeah, they're only out nothing. Yeah.
1: And we can go back before we wrap up here, we can go back and put in a down payment and show what the impact is. But it's, you know, I think it's better to look at it first without any down payment from the customer. We simply, we look at the benefits and disadvantages to us if we trade the customer with no down payment whatsoever. And so the other thing is we, so we know this customer. Alternatively, we could keep this car on our lot and choose to finance it to somebody fresh and we could say okay now i keep the original customer and i create yeah. a new sale from that one vehicle i've seen mm-hmm. that argument and that while that's true we don't know this new customer and so we've got greater risk with that new
0: customer than we do with this existing mm-hmm. customer okay so um so but when we're done with this list tyler's asking what what how do the numbers change if you get a, a new 10 percent down so we okay. can we we'll can go, go look at that, that in just yep. a
1: second So, and so the third one is it can be regarded as a bonus sale. So what I mean by that is you're out there driving leads and marketing to create a funnel of traffic and you're going to close a certain percentage of those. And that's going to lead to let's pick 25 sales a month. Well, this is a sale that you didn't have to advertise to produce. So if you trade Mm -hmm. this customer in, it's a bonus sale. Now we're at 26 sales for the month. And so it's, it's like picking up a bonus sale we acquired the trade when it is in good condition because we know month number 31 could be when the transmission goes down. So let's just consider that if we can get this trade back in while it's got good turnaround market value, that's worth something to us. So let's not discount that element. Okay. And so what is then the cost to acquire the customer?
0: it's effectively zero zero. Zero. customer
1: walked in to make a payment Mm -hmm. and we said, come here, let me show you this. And we trade them into another car and my cost to acquire that customer was none. Zero.
0: Yeah, exactly. So,
1: so that's a factor. And so we can look at the, the, the cost of acquiring all the customers. So again, it's one more piece to think about when we look at, what is the benefit of having these repeat sales? Okay. So now the the other one I listed there was it it proactively resolves this negative equity mm-hmm. thing that I've been concerned about. And I think as dealers, look at that. You could go to your own portfolio now and probably run a sweep of your portfolio and say, what's the customer's account balance? And what is this, what's the real market value of this trade? Mm-hmm. You'd need to probably have some sort of updated mm-hmm. mileage number from them, but mm-hmm. but I'm just saying. Let's be proactive about that as dealer, dealer financiers. Yeah. Let's, let's not let that turn ugly because what happens if this car gets um, you know, either, either it becomes a skip account maybe or whatever it it degrades. The car just degrades. Um, so it's that transmission scenario. Now what, you know, now where does that leave us? We're riding off. We've got a car that has no real market value. And so forget the idea that you're going to put a transmission in it because you're, what you would own that car for is whatever it's real cash value is for the repairs. That's what you're recovering yeah. in terms of collateral. And so, so we, we need to try to avoid that scenario and, and try to bring the car back in. So again, I just think the negative equity mm-hmm. thing, we, we, we want to spread that. And so I think mm-hmm. our, our buy here pay your operators right now are potentially in a difficult place, long contracts, customers still owe a lot on these cars that were sold in 2001. And so, if we if we ignore that and transmission goes down tomorrow where does that leave us where does it leave the customer mm-hmm. and so i think this is yeah. why another reason that for me is like we can start to spread that negative equity mm-hmm. across a few contracts mm-hmm. and and play a longer game that we we encourage anyway in buy here payer but i'm just saying if we if we ignore oh, that yeah. negative equity Then it's going to potentially bite us and bite the customer, and so let's. I'm just let's let's look at this and try to avoid this.
0: Well, while you're um, loading up, if you did a 10% down payment, I think that there's like a white hat Mm -hmm. type of um, benefit to a customer, and the benefit is especially if you do a zero down. Mm -hmm. um, Well, let me let me ask. Let me put it this way: all of us out there are consumers of vehicles. Poor credit, great credit, whatever. We're consumers of vehicles, and most people want to change their car every t- three years or so. I mm-hmm. mean that, that that's like most people. Most people, um, you know, uh, it's just I think it's kind of like a it's a it's a human consumer feeling, attitude. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you have the ability to be able to thrill and delight your customer, our customers every 36 months Mm -hmm. and get a new car, same payment, just bring it in. No zero down. Just bring it in. And we're going to trade you in and get you in a new car, lower miles, better condition, um and you know create this what a great opportunity to create an immense amount of goodwill with your consumer base mm-hmm. i mean um, immense amount of goodwill sure and um so this i mean this is just like one piece of things that you can do to mm-hmm. be able to be known liked and trusted by sure. your consumers by your by our customers
1: yeah and so one of the things that happens, Tyler, and this is where you can kind of get into these circular things. Tyler Simmons was asking about what if you put 10% down? So I went back okay. up and did that. And at first I thought, well, there may be a problem with my formulas. But I realized now what's happening is when I put in 1500 down, let me, let me go back to where it was and show you. Let me get it where you can see the, the cash flow, the PL, and and the balance sheet all on the same um, screen. So when I change this to zero, obviously it affects our cash. It does not affect the p because cash is not profit to us. It doesn't change the profit on the sale. The profit is the profit. The down payment is just the way you finance the profit or you mm-hmm. finance the sale price. So it doesn't move the P&L. It, it moves the balance sheet or it doesn't actually move the balance sheet because what you increase in cash, you reduce in receivables. So, in, in fact, you would have less financed amount on the new sale which would mean a little less interest income across the next, you know, coming months. And I need to double check that part down here because it looked like that number did not change because if you do get the 1500 down payment, that is going to reduce the note amount. And I just don't have it modeled out that way, Tyler, like I don't have it modeled out to reduce the finance amount on the new contract. So that's something I can correct, but it's like you just basically you're from a, from a and standpoint and a balance sheet, it. It doesn't move the PL and it does um, it doesn't move the balance sheet because we again what we gained in cash we lost in receivables. So so while we would all rather have the cash than the receivables, it's still just when we think about the impact of this, then yes, it but from a cash standpoint, if we put that fifteen hundred dollars down in, then then we're we're negative cash three grand instead of forty five hundred. And I think what, what some would say is, is that down payment really a difference in success? It's definitely a difference in our bank account balance, but Mm -hmm. is it a different, does it help the customer to be more successful? Is, is the customer have a chance, does the customer have a chance to be successful? Even if I do no down payment versus the 1500, if so, you know, we're financing more.
0: Well, and that's, that's like a whole nother conversation. Like kind with of, the folks yeah. of Neo, where they said down payments, what they have found down payments have, have little to no correlation to successive loan.
1: Yeah. And so the question, but I think the bigger question for me is, is it because we not, we're not getting down payment from the customer that we're choosing not to trade? Because down payment is just one factor of all the things we've talked about here. Down payment is just one factor. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to look at that and say, you know, are we, are we choosing not to trade because the customer doesn't have down payment? Because I'm, I'm seeing the math that I would be inclined to, um, I'd be inclined to trade with no down payment based on everything that I see. um, uh, Because again, it's a bonus sale for me. It's a customer that I have some history with. Um, mm-hmm. And so my 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 chance of and I'm I'm uh, like George I think George is onto something where he's just I I don't want to risk losing the customer for somebody else Yeah that's yeah been,
0: well and he also piped in a little bit later and says this is kind of one of the marketing pitches for leases and so you know lease it really is yeah. and you know we were we're fans of both yeah. it just kind of depends on you know how. How yeah just
1: yeah it's it and I just had a meeting want. I had mm-hmm. a meeting this week um, with the folks over at LHPH Capital and we plan to model out exactly that we're going to model the lease numbers right mm-hmm. next to this so that you know dealers can can see what uh, is pitching leasing or retail like we're just this is numbers, it's just math mm-hmm. and you can decide what makes most sense for your business model. But I think, yeah, you're right. When we start to look at this and you start to think about this, could, you know, what would a lease look like, you know, if you, if you had a certain residual or whatever, then, you know, it could be something similar. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think for today it was just, let's, let's just, let's look at the hard math and, and, uh, numbers and it, don't lie. Yeah. Let yeah, it tell us what it tells absolutely. us and then you can make a better judgment.
0: Um, I learned something. Good. Yeah, it was, it was, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, me I,
1: too. I learned I should call George before I start the show. <laughs> i sure I got all his tips.
0: Actually, we should call George and say, what should we yeah, talk about yeah, next? Yeah, yeah, for sure. um, so one thing, uh, we, we do broadcast this to all of our social media channels and you can actually watch the video. If you're listening to this on a syndicated podcast station, you can go to YouTube and see the video, it would mm-hmm. be really helpful for you to see the video, um, of all the charts and, and watch the math move mm-hmm. as, as Jim is putting in down payments. Um, you know, we try to speak, we try to talk through it, but there's a lot of nuances that you don't get when you're just listening to a podcast. So please go to our YouTube channel. Um, Jim and Michelle Road slash the Octane group, and you can see and watch and see, uh, you know, see it's, all, it's all probably of the, easier the things. To just
1: search BHPH morning. So there's a whole We put all and of our don't morning forget
0: shows up. Like, and subscribe. Like, yeah, and, like subscribe. and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. And if you subscribe, then it like actually will send you a notification that says, hey, Jim and Michelle are about ready to go live or hey, there's a new new um, recording in there so that you can and, watch. And a
1: quick mention before you start the music that our session next Thursday morning will be at 9 a.m. 9 uh, a.m. Pacific time. Pacific That's Las time. Vegas time. So, it'll so, be noon Eastern. Noon Eastern. And we have got that already set up to broadcast, um, you know, with NIED's permission. We're broadcasting the session, which will include Hugo Sanchez and Mark Burkholder. We're going to dig into strategic planning yeah. for buy here, pay here. And, and Mark
0: has so. sent me some some stuff from Peachtree Planning that I'm like, this is powerful for yeah, a dealer material. as yeah. well. Some materials that that we're going to have give you all access to. Um
1: so, so you can yeah. find that live event on all the channels where you would normally find mm-hmm. the, um, the morning show. Yep. It's going to be in a couple of Facebook groups. It'll be in YouTube and LinkedIn and all the normal channels. So uh, you can find it. And uh, we invite you, for those of you who cannot be in the session room with us in Las Vegas, then uh, we hope you'll tune in uh, live and you can find it live or archived. So good Absolutely. stuff coming next week. We're excited to be in Vegas. Looking forward to um, a smoked old fashion with uh, friends.
0: Yes, and uh, just before we leave, George, love it or leave it. I really love the idea mm-hmm. very much. So, okay, so thank you everybody for joining us on this Friday. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing everybody in Vegas on Monday at. I think we're going to go to the the cocktail, yeah, um,
1: cigars, cigars, and martinis, and martinis, or, martinis something or
0: something like at the Win in Las Vegas on Monday evening. Yep. Have a great day, everybody. We really appreciate Enjoy you joining your us today. Thanks so much.